I'm dropping the hammer. Grain, grain, grain. They're out there at your door. He's still out there. He's still there. He's still there. Still there, bumper clear. Coming to the white flag. Welcome back. It's Drop the Hammer. Tuesday, July 16th. Ben Churin, Teddy Ryquist. Teddy, how you doing today? Doing good, man. It was a great weekend in Kentucky. Back in Michigan now and ready to drop the hammer. Yeah, and ready to drop the hammer. I mean, I think Kurt Busch already did that, right? I mean, what what a race on Saturday. Kurt Busch getting his first win of the season, first since Bristol last year. And I think we can say it. Kurt Busch is back. He is absolutely back. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the people earlier this year that were saying that this was going to be a farewell tour for him, I, I think that's not going to be the case. He's still extremely competitive, and he seems to be loving life at Chip Ganassi. He seems really happy there. So I think we'll see something soon about Kurt Busch staying in that one car for 2020 because, yeah, he's still one of the top drivers out there. He, he ran a great race on Saturday night. Yeah, the comeback tour is starting and the retirement tour has been canceled because i mean he's been solid all year long um just been running the top five top ten most of the races and yeah it was pretty impressive to see him get that win especially over his brother kyle what a, what a great finish that was just two guys duking it out uh, brother versus brother and uh, for the first time in his career the big brother got the got the win over the little brother it was just what what a great thing to see yeah, and uh, favorite of the show, Eric Jones, finishing third. You know, that Jones boy making a little dive to the inside there in the green-white checkered and looked like he might have had a run for a second, but even with the third-place finish, it's uh, four of the last six races now. Jones has been in the top ten, so with all the rumors circulating about how everyone fits in the picture, picture of Joe Gibbs moving forward, he's making it harder and harder to get rid of him with each week. Yeah, he's been a stud since probably Texas in April. He's just been absolutely being, he's being consistent on really. You're not, you're when you're seeing him run bad, it's because something's happened to him. And it's really something that I haven't seen an error of his own. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, there, we, we talk about Eric Jones every week, but he's not talked about enough. And I think, you know, with the, with the bold three wide dive to try and win that race, uh, he was getting his due diligence, but at the same time, it's like, he, he's been solid. He was running, around 20th most of the beginning of the race and he made his way up uh up to second in stage two and he's he's now back in the playoffs uh he's now in the uh in the 16th spot i believe uh he's only a couple points over a 16 but i mean that another thing to talk about that race it's just such a dog fight for that 15th and 16th spot uh clint boyer kind of reasserted himself with a good night um as he wrote an article for the catch fence as well as jones's uh, third place finish, but um, it's been such a dogfight for those last few playoff spots. Yeah, it has been. And, you know, Jones finally back in the good side of it. And boy, did Clint Boyer need that after three of the last four races. He had been 34th or worst, and, you know, had that uh, got wrecked by Austin Dillon. So it was a strong night for Clint Boyer. Ran up front all night, led the race for a while, and he's in the 14th position now, I need. So, he and Jones, a couple guys that really, really needed a strong night, got it done. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys who needed strong nights. I think Jimmy Johnson was the one of, you know, kind of the five, six guys who were hovering around the cutoff spot that really didn't run well. 
Um, but you got Eric Jones in third. That put him back in the playoffs. Clint Boyer finished sixth. Daniel Suarez, he's kind of he's around twelfth uh, position. He uh, he finished in eighth spot. Su- Suarez looked great the first 40, 45 laps of that race. Yeah, his pit crew screwed him on that one. I mean, he got pit penalties. You know, he dropped a fourteenth from the lead in the in the first pit stop and wasn't able to get strategy back up there. He looks really good. Um, Newman finished ninth. Chris Busher finished tenth. Um, we definitely need to make mention Chris Busher. I mean, he's been. I saw a stat. He's been the tenth best driver in the last what three four weeks. He's got the tenth best average finish of anyone on the circuit, and he's really being strong, especially where his equipment's not good. I mean, you t- when you think about it, you got about twenty cars that I can say would could reasonably win the race during the week. And I don't see Chris Buescher being one of those, but yet he's finding ways to get consistent finishes and run well week in and week out. Yeah, Buescher's always been a guy that, you know, overdrives his equipment. He overachieves in what he has, and he's just, he's a wheel man. If he were in, you know, like a Hendrick or equipment like that, I think Buescher could be a, you know, a very competitive driver. It's it's a good thing we bring him up on the show, because you're right, he doesn't get nearly the credit he's due. No, I mean, we were talking about it on the ride back. Busher's probably the one guy you could say is the most underrated driver in NASCAR right now. Um, just kind of looking at it, he had a sixth-place finish at Charlotte, um, 10th at Kansas, 14th at Pocono, 16th at Michigan, Sonoma 16th, Chicago 18th, Daytona 17th, um, and then top 10 in Kentucky. I mean, yeah, they're not great stats. He, he's got a couple of top 10s within those within that span but I mean you gotta look at the equipment you know it's he's he's outrunning his stuff and he's climbed his way to 21st in the points so I mean he'd probably have to need a Hail Mary win he's 100 uh around 80 points away from the cutoff line but um he's still in the fight you know he's still mathematically in the in it and I, I think he's a solid road course racer so who knows what could happen to a place like Watkins Glen yeah, uh, Busher, he's he's a guy I'm, you know, coming to expect to finish, you know, around 15th or so week in, week out. He's, you know, t- you touched on how he's, you got average finish of 10th over the last several races here. In that Daytona race where he finished 17th, we could probably even kind of throw a lot of results from that race out just because of how it ended and everything. Because if that would have been back to, would have went back to green, I think Busher would have finished even higher than that. Yeah, I think he was in that wreck, but I agree. I think he was one of those guys who we're, uh, we're going to be running um, after that. But, yeah, just some – I mean, there was it was a really just solid race overall. I know social media had some backlash about um, about the uh, race really getting saved uh, after, um, you know, after that caution late with Bubba Wallace spinning. But I, I thought it was a pretty solid race. It's not the to- a top-five race by any means for this season. Um but there was passing. I, I, it was a much improved race compared to what we've seen at Kentucky, and I would even go as far as to say that's the best cup race that's been at Kentucky. Yeah, and, you know, that's just... I don't like some of these NASCAR fans and even some of these NASCAR journalists that have the constant pessimism like, oh, you know, this race was only saved by the finish. Well, that's what happened, and it gave us a great finish. And, you know, you and I were there. It was nice to see that that place was, I'd say, easily more than half full. I mean, the attendance was strong, was definitely better attended than some of the other races we've seen. And you know what? Just enjoy the product as it unfolds. I mean, 
if Logano would end up winning that race by two seconds without that final caution from Bubba Wallace, yeah, it wouldn't have been great. But what happened was we got a great finish, maybe the best finish of this season in terms of excitement. So just enjoy the product. But I mean, and also with the whole Logano thing, he went and had an epic ba- battle with Kyle Busch with around 20 laps to go. I mean, that was a, a great battle that um, Logano caught him from probably second and a half back at least uh, with from that final pit cycle. And it was really exciting. You know, they both ran each other down to the bottom of the racetrack. We're side drafting. And um, I think it, it's just important to adjust expectations. I mean, Kentucky has been known to be one of the uh, more um, less exciting uh, races of the year. That's been the reputation it's gotten, and a lot of people even less than 10 years into its tenure on the cup schedule are ready to get rid of it. So they have finally a halfway decent race, and people are, are saying, well, the race sucked, and they, you know it got saved by a last-minute caution. Yes, you know the feeling would is a lot better than if Logano would have won, but we still saw a pretty good race up and down the board. Um, I think we're at the point in the package, looking from being in the stands in Charlotte, from being in the stands at Kentucky. I think guys are figuring out, even though it's tough to pass, they're figuring out ways to get by each other. And you saw Kurt Busch um, and Clint Boyer battling around 50 to go. You know, Kurt Busch, he, he was having an awful time getting by Clint Boyer. They kept working on it and working on him. Eventually, it took him two, three laps, but he did make the pass, and guys are being able to pass more successively uh, than they were in Kansas, Atlanta, um, Auto Club, Las Vegas, et cetera. Yeah, guys are definitely figuring it out. And, you know, we know, or it certainly seems NASCAR is not going to make any change this year, at least. They're just, they're just riding with it. And, it's had its highs and had its lows, but I agree. The drivers seem to be figuring out ways to get it done with what the current rules package is. So, you know, I give them credit for that. Yeah, and I give them credit for at least making a ch- just trying to make a change to make better racing after the fans were really upset about last year's racing, which ended up finishing out the year pretty well. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll see. I think it's going to be something NASCAR continues to roll with, even into the next car whether you like it or not. Um, and I think we might see some more changes going into next season. Who knows? They tested that package out in the all-star race. We saw last year's all-star race package be the package for this year. Maybe we see the same thing for next year. And from what I saw, crew chief said it was a positive thing and it helped the cars. Yeah. The all-star race is obviously it, it doesn't matter in the terms of points or anything, but it's, it's exciting to watch because you know, a million dollars is on the line and it's, become, like you said, a trial run for stuff NASCAR is looking at, which gives you kind of a a taste of something different, possibly a taste of the future. So I like that they do that. And yeah, that package they used for the All-Star Race this year, it was different, but there were some positive signs there. So if NASCAR wanted to move in that direction moving forward, I think I could get behind that. Yeah, and it seems like uh, I think the drivers are starting more to make their piece where it's like, hey, you know, while we might like it, um, it's something that we're probably going to have to deal with. And so, you know, you see the criticism from the driver's standpoint. It's it's more quiet and hush now. But Yeah, as we talked about a lot in our last week's episode, you know, NASCAR needs to do a better job of listening to their drivers. But the drivers, you know, they know they have to make do with what, they're, what they have, and they've been doing a much better job of it lately. And I think Kentucky was an excellent example of that. Yep. And speaking of the drivers, getting into kind of the general discussion, uh, part of the schedule for the – 
show this week. But um, talking about the drivers, I mean, this is a conversation I think we had after the race is uh, the drivers, uh, once again this year, seem to be stepping it up once NBC gets the NASCAR coverage. Um, you and I both had different theories on what this was, but um, I don't know. Are you noticing the same thing? Because I felt like we've gotten, you know, what is it? That was race three of the NBC schedule. I feel like we've gotten three more intense and uh, just better races than we had all um, all with Fox. Yeah, you know, the way NASCAR splits it up uh, between Fox and NBC, just right right down the middle there, it it's a sign that the drivers realize the postseason's right around the corner and, you know, they ramp up the intensity because guys right around that playoff cut line, they know the only way to guarantee I'm in is to win a race. So we'll, we're seeing guys like Jones and Stenhouse and Newman, Suarez, those guys go everything they have because time's running out. It's uh, not quite desperation, but it's just a sense of urgency. So that's, a, I think, a benefit for NBC that they get these races where these guys have to make moves like that. But I agree. It definitely seems like NBC, they're, they've uh, been able to cover some great races here. Yeah, no, I that was the theory I had as well. Um, and I, I, I agree. And I think we're going to continue to see uh, the same trend as last year as, you know, last year the Fox races, basically the big three um, minus Clint Boyer and Austin Dillon won all the Fox races. And I think, and then the NBC comes in and we start seeing guys like Eric Jones. We saw uh, Chase Elliott get his first win, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch. Um, those guys get wins, and I think we're going to see it again. I And I'm going to go even as far as we might see two to even half of the races uh, before the playoffs. We might see new winners this year because all three races during the NBC tenure um, we've gotten new winners for this year, two first-time winners ever. Um, but you look at guys who haven't gotten wins. Kevin Harvick, he's a guy who can win. Um, Eric Almarola, he was strong in New Hampshire. Ryan Blaney, he's in a Penske car, even though he's, in my opinion, you know, really not that close to winning a race. Who knows? It could be lightning in a bottle. William Byron, he's been so strong the last month and a half. Larson has a way of surprising Larson. us. Yeah, Larson, exactly. Larson's pretty good at New Hampshire. Uh, Clint Boyer, Eric Jones has been running great. Even Daniel Suarez, who's, want to correct myself, he's now 18th in the point standings. He's not 12th. Um, but those are guys who can who can find their way. And there's there are tracks that are coming up, even Ryan Newman, who that they are good at and that they have found success at in the past. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty intense next few weeks going into the playoff rush. I mean, you, this might be a year where you need to win to make it in the playoffs because there's going to be so few spots uh, that are you can point your way in. And we were joking about watch uh, Paul Menard or Ryan Newman just win a race or, and throw everything off like that. But I do want to ask you, what would your level of disappointment be in that, that 41 team if Suarez were to miss the playoffs? Um. Yeah, that that's an interesting question because he was my uh, my benefactor, the guy who I thought made the uh, the biggest do of his offseason move, and it would be pretty disappointing. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty at Stuart Haas with Cole Custer in the Xfinity Series winning again at Kentucky. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I thought Daniel Suarez, while he would take some time to be able to mature and start running well, I mean, he's getting outclassed by Eric Jones, a guy – 
you know, he got outclassed by him at Joe Gibbs Racing, and things aren't even getting better at Stuart Haas. So, um, I don't, I don't know if he'll lose his job or not. It, it depends. But uh, as the weeks go on, you know, maybe if Clint Boyer just continues to start working better, doing better. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't be surprised if we see Daniel Suarez without uh, out of the forty-one ride if he misses the playoffs. Man, uh, losing rides at Joe Gibbs and Stuart Haas in back-to-back years—that'd be that'd be a rough way to go. Yeah, I mean, you you want to give the time to adjust and you know make sure that he's running better. And to give Daniel Suarez some credit, he rebounded magnificently uh, Saturday night. I mean. Like I said, he was shoved back to 14th uh, after pit stop. He got caught speeding at least once on pit road. I remember seeing him drive down uh, pit road for a passer felony. So, I mean, he's kept having things going wrong no matter how well he was running. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's go time for Daniel Suarez. This is Stuart Haas Racing we're talking about. You need to put all four of your cars in the playoffs. You know, they've gone a long way from having Danica Patrick being that in that fourth car. Um so yeah, it's going to be a disappointment. What What are your thoughts on this Daniel Suarez situation? I agree. I I don't think he would lose his job if he were to miss the playoffs. But it's it's interesting with Suarez because he's he's run strong the majority of the time. I mean, obviously his best finishes this year were at were at Texas and tracks like that. But the point you brought up about the penalties, he he had um, one at Sonoma, I remember. He was running really well and worked his way into the top 10 at a, at a road course there and then got the penalty. It's So it's it's like um, Eric Jones and Kyle Larson earlier this year and even Ryan Blaney to an extent. It's just one thing that kind of bites him in the ass every race. And other than that, he does pretty well. So it's just Suarez, he's got the talent to be a top 16 driver. I don't think that's really even a debate. It's just avoiding the mistakes in his pit crew like we saw at Kentucky. They need to help him out. They need to be on top of their game. Kevin Harvick, you know, he was calling out his pit crew pretty vocally at Charlotte earlier this year. So a couple of those Stuart Haas teams, you know, I think Harvick's has picked it up, but Suarez's needs to pick it up as well. Yeah, and, and you know, another thing that is costing him, I saw a stat a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe stage racing. And stage racing has been pretty detrimental to Eric Jones's year while also – uh, helping Ryan guys like Ryan Blaney out. Um, of course, Ryan Blaney has been improving his finish. Uh, it was around 18th, and now it's 16.2, but he's still top 20 in points. The only guy who's got a uh, worse finish, only two guys who have worse average finishes than Ryan Blaney, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Paul Menard, and those are two guys who aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, one of the lighter-hearted moments of the weekend uh, in the truck race on Friday night, Natalie Decker getting wrecked by Spencer Boyd. Uh, they had a little confrontation there. Words were exchanged, and Natalie Decker ripped Spencer Boyd's hat off his head and tried to throw it behind her, but ended up throwing uh, throwing it into the dirt. But, uh, Ted, what's going on with NASCAR fights here? We had Quint Boyer uh, punching Ryan Newman with a helmet on, and now we have Natalie Decker uh, pulling hats off driver's heads. I mean... <laughs> it, it was it was a pretty funny moment, let's be honest. And Spencer made lightheartedness of the situation. Natalie hasn't really commented on it, but I'm sure she's more embarrassed than anything. Uh, what was your take of that one? Yeah, it was pretty funny. That's probably the first and only time that it'll ever happen to Spencer Boyd in his in his career. And at least Natalie, I guess, got you know got up close and personal and 
you know, handled it face to face, whereas Boyer didn't even give Newman any time to react. So I, I like that Natalie at least went up to him and handled it in person like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was pretty funny. That'll forever be on the highlights of NASCAR bloopers, as well as John Westhelling and Spencer Gallagher's fight on the racetrack in <laughs> Gateway. But uh, it's interesting that fights have gone from Allison Brothers to Yarborough from Nally Decker grabbing Spencer Boyd's hat and throwing it on the ground. Yeah, and like the the throw on the ground. You're right. She tried to like flip it behind her, like kind of make it dramatic, and it just I don't know if it was the wind or she just didn't throw well, but yeah, just kind of dive bomb to the ground. But, you know, she was going for some style points there. I think didn't quite work out though. Yeah. Props for her to confronting him and not doing something on social media, which some other drivers would do. Um, but if, if that isn't an indicator of how Nally Decker's truck series season's going, I don't know what else is. Um, we're going to Hampshire this weekend, Loudon and, Last year, it was a very, very interesting finish. Uh, Kyle Busch getting bumped out of the way from Kevin Harvick. This year, I mean, that was a low downforce package. This year, we got the high downforce, and the cars are going to have a little bit more horsepower than we've been seeing the last few weeks. So um, what do you think we're going to see out of this race? It's it's going to be a I, – I don't think it's going to be close to anything we've seen so far this year. It's going to be interesting to see – the passing, like always, you know, New Hampshire's not- notoriously tough for that. But low downforce or high downforce, I think we're going to have a motivated Kyle Busch after getting edged by Kurt right at the line there. So Kyle Busch, and he was in this in this race at the end last year, like he is with pretty much every race. He's going to be tough to beat here at New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, it's going to be Kyle Busch is going to be the guy to beat as he is every week. Um, that's been just the, the theme the last two years. Um, I think you're right. I mean, it's going to be really tough to pass. It already was a track where it was, you, you almost had to use the bumper to pass. And I think it's going to be sort of a situation like we saw at Martinsville where, you know, you're going to have to slam a guy really to get by him. And it's going to take 10 laps maybe to get by a guy, which obviously isn't going to be great. So I think we could also see another strategy race like we saw, um, Saw last weekend in Kentucky. Um, another kind of headline going into this, uh, Martin Truex Jr., who is from the uh, New England area, um, from New Jersey, but cut his teeth and loud and He has three career wins on the racetrack. Uh, he's got two from the Canaan East Series, um, where his dad actually has won a race there, um, as well as one Bush Series event. And, I mean, Martin's been really good this year especially on the short tracks um do you think this could be another week where martin Truex jr uh maybe reasserts his dominance as he's the best car in the cup series field after having not not quite having a a good couple of weeks do you see this as a another bounce back weekend and possible break into victory lane for uh martin Truex jr i do i'm i'm gonna stand by my pick of kyle bush but i think Truex will be up there as well he has had a a quiet you know, a couple of weeks here, cooled down since his start earlier this season. But he got that that short track uh, monkey off his back earlier this year. And, you know, there's just something about being at your home track, which, you know, New Hampshire and Dover are both kind of in the area for, for Truex. And coming off a very uneventful race at Kentucky, he finished, I believe it was, it was 19th. Yeah, he was 19th. Keselowski was 20th. Uh, was a non-factor in the race. So I think we'll see him 
along with Kyle Busch, the 18 and the 19, both be very motivated and run up in the top five. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a tough couple of weeks. I mean, obviously, Martin was in that huge Daytona crash, which was absolute crap shoot. But to see Martin Truex, who owned Kentucky the previous two years, uh, not to basically make a peep out of that race um, is going to be interesting. But um, I like his short track uh, record for this year. Has wins at Richmond, has a win at Dover. Um, Bristol, he didn't really have that great of a race. Um, I believe he had a problem in that race, but um, Martinsville, he was eighth. So his short track record this year has been really good. As well, he's, he's at Joe Gibbs now, so he's getting those setups instead of you know what he was getting at Furniture Row. Um, going into the picks this week, as you said, Kyle Busch going to be your race winner, which he's he's got a couple wins there before. Um, I'm going to stick with. Uh, kind of the the first time winner this year uh, standpoint, and I think Kyle Larson's going to get the win this weekend. Um, there's just some sort of feeling I got about New Hampshire with it being a track that just looks like it's going to be impossible to pass, and maybe the tire wear is going to be um, maybe the tire wear won't be as great as it was in the past with these cars. So I, I think it's going to be a really crazy race. I think we're going to see guys who we might not see up at the front run really, really well. It might be another track position race. Um, so I'm going to go Kyle Larson. I know he finished uh, second there in the sp- or summer of 2017. And uh, eliminator-wise, I'm going to go Ross Chastain. Um, I saw Ross finish 25th there last year. So, I mean, he's running again. The Watermelon Man's been doing great. Uh, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, it's the first time in two weeks last weekend that he didn't bring home a trophy. So, you know, probably a lonesome weekend. So, He'll probably have a, a good race uh, in New Hampshire. Just got to stay out of trouble, and we'll see how well he can run there. The watermelon man. And, yeah, with Larson, I, I remember I said to you before the race at Kentucky that I liked him to run well there, and he, he did finish fourth, started 19th, so he moved up quite a bit, and, and I think that's a good pick here. I am obviously said earlier, going Kyle Busch for the win. And my eliminator, as I mentioned the last couple of shows, again, pretty thin out there. Going Ryan Priest, he's got a you know one start here. Came in 2015 and he finished 32nd. And when you used Priest at Daytona, he finished 32nd. So I just need him to you know finish 32nd or better. Just beat out what you had at Daytona, and I'll I'll feel all right with Priest. So give a little uh, shout out to uh, JTG Doherty there. Yeah, I I think you made a uh, unknowingly smart pick though. Because he's run the modified series. I mean, granted, those races are like Daytona for those modifieds, but he runs there. I think he's ran there twice uh, every year for numerous, numerous years. So I think you unknowingly made a great smart pick, just trying to just trying to beat me with the Ryan Priest machine. But I think you might get a good, good solid top twenty, maybe even a surprise top ten out of him if things go right for priest there i definitely take that let's hope this familiarity pays off absolutely um that's about gonna do it for us wrapping up the show uh thanks again for tuning in uh it was a great weekend at kentucky uh, i mean before before we get off the air um just talk about the track i mean the track in general i i give kentucky a stamp of approval the venue yeah absolutely and you know from a from a fan standpoint sitting in the grandstands it was you know, Kentucky took care of the, all the staff was really nice. You didn't have to go through like a, a metal detector or anything. So it was really quick getting in and even the traffic getting out, it flowed a lot better than it's, uh, 
its reputation. It we got out of there very quickly, so gets a stamp of approval for me too. For sure, I uh, I don't know exactly if we sat in our uh, bought or given seats, but we went up into the top, uh, the upper deck of seats, and actually they had drink rails and they had pretty pretty good leg room. I mean, I think that's something that's starting to be put into more tracks, but. I loved it. I mean, I could just put my cooler right on top of the the drink rail and not having to worry about if my stuff's going to get kicked around if someone's in the row. But I think yeah, it was a good it was a good track facility. I mean, even outside, they had a really convenient BP there, which was awesome because it was so hot and we were able to go in and get waters and uh hydrate up and not have to spend as much money in the track, but I mean, what a great uh and great and Larry weekend. Mack given the command was that the cherry on top of the weekend. Yeah, it made my life and cherry on top of the weekend. I mean, you met, met Richard Petty. I mean, that can't be that can't be anything almost. I mean Yeah, he, he was yeah, met him really quick at the Monster Energy trailer. Really nice guy and looks pretty good for being eighty two years old. Yeah, he he's in good shape. Um it, it was definitely a privilege just to even see him at the track. Wish I would have been able to shake his hand. Unfortunately, my place in the line was not uh, far enough to uh, go up and meet him but you know just what a rare opportunity I mean like you said he's 82 years old and we don't know how long we're going to get to see him around the track uh, much longer seeing we just lost David Pearson in December so great uh, great experience um, but I think they'll do it for the show we got New Hampshire we'll see who gets the lobster uh, this weekend as the trophy for New Hampshire uh, Denny Hamlin as much as he would like to win the race, he's terrified of lobsters, so I'm sure he won't be uh, too happy if he wins that. But um, t- tune in next week. We'll have stuff from the Tricky Triangle, Pocono. Of course, we'll have our dish on the latest NASCAR news or just come up with some crazy conspiracy theories to uh, crap on Steve O'Donnell. So uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in again. Uh, drop the hammer. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, myself, Ben Shuren, at Ben Shuren, um, and then Teddy Ryquist, at Teddy Ryquist, and the, sh- and the show's Twitter hammer, Drop the Hammer PD. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Drop the Hammer.